0: Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Hank Vogler, we do it Monday through Friday, not Saturday and Sunday. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Did you make it to the Lander County celebration on Saturday?
1: Uh, I did not. We were killing snakes.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get back to killing snakes, but I am told there was 1,000 people there, and it was fantastic. You missed a fantastic celebration. It was the first leg of the journey of the Arise USA Tour. I was not present. All accounts are it was perfect. So I'll be joining the tour on Sunday. When we come back and we are in Elko, Hank Vogler will be on stage for 10 minutes. I'm just telling you. You're not getting out of it.
1: When when were when you coming back to Elko?
0: Uh, let's see. Of course, I should have had my... Uh, um, let's see. When is that? It's before the 4th of July because we're back to Rapid City by the 4th of July.
1: Well, uh, if it's at my grandson's high school graduation, uh, I'll maybe send in the speech.
0: <laughs> well, it won't be then. When is that?
1: First part of June.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, June 18th, June 17th, Elko. I'll do my best. No, no, that, no. You give me that every time. This one, you're going to be there. Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Your best is not good enough.
1: Chairman Mao, you're starting to talk just like Chairman Mao. Your best
0: you is will. not good enough. You will be there, Hank <laughs> Vogler. Yes, dear.
1: Well, what if I'm in jail? Yeah. I got my $20,000 trespass. Mm-hmm. You did? And that's not much for, you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's still pending. Uh, you know, which they, <laughs> you, you get out a piece of paper that they wrote that said they were going to do a three year monitor study. Zip zero nada. Crickets didn't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Nobody, there's no paper trail. There's no nothing. Not my problem. Dereliction on their part. Uh, I bought the darn thing. The guy says, well, I'm not a lawyer. And I said, well, can you do math? I bought the dang permit in 2004. Viddler water sold it to me, sold me the part. And now Southern Nevada water authority comes along and says, well, Robinson used to run cows in it. Of course it was illegal. There had never been a paper trail made. So we want part of it. And, the BLM goes, yes, boss. But then on the next page, in the same article, the same thing written by the BLM, it says on an annual basis. I mean, everything about it is. And I told the guy, you're cherry picking. So he called me up. He said, well, I just wanted you to know I'm sending you a trespass, $19,711.60. And half of it was them driving out there to look at my sheep and count them. Sure. Well, that was just bull. I told them exactly how many sheep were in there. I told them everything. They didn't need to waste taxpayers' dollars, but, boy, they're hot to trot. Anything to squelch this because it makes the BLM look like most government agencies, totally non-functional. That's the deal. This doesn't has nothing to do with Southern Nevada Water Authority. It has to do with the incompetence at the Bureau of Land Management.
0: Uh, Hank, it's June twentieth, and I am giving you the opportunity to expose to the world this incompetence at the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management. June twentieth, not the seventeenth. Oh. I'm correcting it. Sunday afternoon, June twentieth. You will be there, and you talk about your yes, trespass.
1: Yeah, so ours, what's I'll so what's, what's next? Don't get me no mo. <laughs> what's next? What's next? <laughs>
0: Uh, you file an appeal you know what or, or what do you do? do you, no, yeah. on your trespass. Oh. What's next? You you oh, file an trespass, appeal or?
1: Uh, yep, I'm filing the appeal. Uh, he told me not to write the check. I wrote the check, but my lawyer has the check. Uh, you know, the meter is running and I don't blame my attorney. I mean, he's got payments to make. I mean, now, how does he make his living by pro bono? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just – but here's an outfit. Think about this for one second. This insane idea to buy these ranches, build a 300-mile pipeline. Time out. $2 ta- ta- billion dollars ta- 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 doing
0: it. Time out. Uh, Southern Nevada Water Authority is buying the ranches yes. that's caused the, the source they of the problem. Them,
1: they bought them uh, from starting in 2007.
0: Right, right. I, I just This didn't want, start you, yesterday. You're, you're jumping – too far ahead of people that are oblivious to what we're talking about because you're just like a you're like a a secretariat on race day at the kentucky derby i'm trying to keep you at the starting gate until we get everything laid out there Uh, a government (laughs) agency illegally buying ranches running livestock stealing water permits all right now go
1: yeah so they did this and then they bought these other ranches well Twice they were turned down in the federal courts for the diverting the water to Las Vegas and and, tw- and the, the fact that they were mining the water, not just taking excess water. They were turned down twice uh, to build the pipeline because they went through sage-grouse country, desert tortoise, all the famous things in the Endangered Species Act. Everything, they've been turned down. But they still have the ranches. Well, when you're in that, county that's 97 98% federally owned and I think Lincoln county's 99% federally owned uh, these ranch's values are based on those outside permits Mm -hmm. well nobody looked at that the ranch expert obviously didn't look at that back when they started this process well okay when they could coerce the BLM through the power of uh, political abuse and and, uh, you know fraud, perjury, everything in the world that you and I would go to jail for. right? You know, abuse of power, all these things. No problem. But at the bottom line, the end of the day, they spent 60 or 70 there's two or three different figures floating around buying these ranches. It's chump change. It's coffee and donut money for what money they have annually to handle the water in Clark County. So... They're just trying to save face themselves that they made an El Stupidio idea that even got dumber. And so there it is in a nutshell. And so now, because they have the bully pulpit, the onus is on me not for them to prove how they could have a permit. Why, why, why should I have to prove that I have a permit? I'm a citizen. And oh, by the way, according to <clears throat> Mr. Biden, I'm underserved. So uh, you know he should be out there banging <laughs> on the out. door, helping.
0: Time out. What? How are you underserved? Are you not German in this case? Are you Native American or what?
1: I'm going to tell you. Many years ago, I rode this whole country one time with nothing but one bent can of beans. You know. What, what, I mean, hey, when the stupid truck arrives, and they got a, and they say we're going to help you, we're with the government. I mean, whatever. I mean, I, it's, I am registered at the USDA as underserved. <laughs> so it, it says underserved. Well, uh, you know, I mean, which is just pure discrimination yeah. against everybody else. I mean, has anybody showed the book to, to those people back there in Congress? I have finally decided, Trent, mm-hmm. two terms is enough. Two terms. That's it. Politicians deserve two terms. One in Congress and one in prison. Yes, sir. Two
0: terms. <laughs> you, okay, here's the problem. You can't just uh, blankly put every single elected official that, in that category.
1: I know, but there's several of them. And I, if I had to pick and choose, I believe there would be some other people that would pick and choose the same one. <laughs> yeah. So, Well, Harry. didn't Harry Truman say a long time ago, if you go to Washington D.C. to uh, be in the electorate, uh, you're a thief. Or or, 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 and you come home rich, you're a thief. <laughs> yeah. He made some derogatory. Remark uh, about
0: Harry Truman said a lot of things that we should just start every day with a Harry Truman quote because I don't know that there's ever been a president of the United States more humble than that Missouri man.
1: Yeah, his term was over. Got in the car, and him and Beth and Margaret got in it and drove home. Yes, sir.
0: You know, he's also and, the one that and, said, uh, you don't, they hired, wanted him to come and give a speech, and he said, You're not asking Harry Truman to give a speech. Right. You're asking the President of the United States to give a speech. I don't, uh, I'm not in for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He did not use the presidency to, to gain fame and fortune afterwards or move to Martha's Vineyard, which, if global warming comes along, guess who's going to be underwater? So, Tell me how well you believe that one.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's actually a great point. Those retired individuals who all pontificate about global warming and sea rise move to the sea. What does that What does that say? Hey, it says we've got to go. Glammings, lemme! They're a bunch of sheep. That's what they are. They just follow oh! the leader. Hank Vogler, we've got to get out of here. I was speaking about the Arise USA Tour. I am today posting the final schedule. If you are in one of 50 states, we're only traveling to 50 states. If you're in one of 50 states and you want to see where we're going to be when, go to loosetails.blogspot.com. The full schedule is right there. We'll be back with more Hank Vogler and Roll Route after this. Welcome back, roll route Trent Loose alongside Hank Vogler checking in North Spring Valley, Nevada. Uh, so, all right, I, I, we completely got sideways on that because I was asking you what's oh, next, oh, and uh, that was yes, I am going to appeal. I wrote a check to my attorney, but he's holding the check, and the clock is running because he's billing me now four hundred twenty-two dollars an hour. Uh so what is realistically, what's the appeal process like and we'll in twenty twenty five will we determine this?
1: Twenty one twenty-five, I think, is the schedule. So we should have her done by then. I mean look at look at the ages. That's been what thirty years? Yeah. Forty for, years?
0: Thirty for sure.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the whole thing. But without the okay, the good news is <laughs> yes, sir, Bob. I have a vehicle now, which isn't perfect, but I have a vehicle. Before it was nan naner nan or or we're right. not doing nothing. Right. Now there's a time frame. I, I think I have 30 days to send in my request, send in my reasons. Once again, the last time I sent them in, I just wrote on their same song, second verse
0: mm-hmm.
1: and put it uh, and put the date.
0: how did so, that, wor- I mean, they- that work for you?
1: Uh, so far up until now I haven't had to pay other than an attorney Any uh, the trespass has not gone through and now SNWA's got one of their hired men coming over, shutting off the water, cutting the pipeline, poking holes in the troughs all things that anybody else would be singing send my mail in courtesy of the Birmingham jail or something I mean, <laughs> I mean it's just ridiculous you can't do that you can't go out on the Bureau of Land Management and tear up Improvements. In fact, they went out. I asked them. I said, "Wait, show me the paperwork on tearing out my sheep troughs at one of the wells that I used every year." They tore out the sheep troughs. If I did that, uh, you know, I mean, Leavenworth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but they can do it. It's just It's just uh, okay. So two I'm gonna tears of justice. I'm actually gonna ask a question that is kind of satire, but it's a sad state of where we are. You you are half, well, not half. You are a, a percentage of American Indian. What if you did play that card?
1: Yes, I, I was talking to grandmother just before she died, that we used to live down there in the wintertime, right there where that MGM Grand is in Las Vegas. Everyone, that's where we live. I think we should make that the Vogler tribe right there. Not just, you know, two sections, two sections right there downtown Las Vegas. I I I could probably get by
0: with that. You know. I mean, uh, come uh, on. uh uh I'm serious. Why don't we do why don't we play that card? That MGM casino is exactly where your forefathers spent their summers or would have been winters.
1: <laughs> well, not, not exactly.
0: Oh, it my, doesn't my matter. Nephew, <laughs> <laughs> I know I know. <laughs> my nephew did the
1: Genealogy, he was, he's a, uh, full commander, uh, helicopter trainer person in the, in the Navy. Uh-huh. And so when he'd be on ship, he didn't have, he got into the looking, looking up your address. Well, anyhow, uh, he couldn't get past Charlotte Johnson, which was Grandma Gibson's mom. Well, it, the, her name wasn't Charlotte, it was Charlotte. Well, then that opened up the whole deal. They were from North Carolina. Okay. Five great nations, and Andy Jackson or whoever, they decided that uh, you should endeavor to persevere. But we're moving you to Oklahoma, where you don't speak the language, you don't know anybody. Right. And we're, oh, by the way, we're taking your farms away from you, even though, yes, you did. Your ancestors and people did help us in the American Revolution, and we're forever grateful for that. But <laughs> pack them up and get out of here. So family moves uh grandma was born i think in uh missouri on the way to oklahoma uh 1907 she's 12 years old uh the sooners were coming in or whatever but they you know the old family joke is the water was so black they couldn't drink it so they laughed but they moved to eastern washington and moved to a place called chickasaw flats and And became very successful, hardworking people. And there was a couple of boys in there, Uncle Ab, uh, a little bad to take a drink, (laughs) things like that. But mostly, they were very prosperous. And, of course, Grandma, anytime you'd ask her any questions, she said, don't pay to be an Indian, shut up and go to bed. And I don't care what time it was, Mm -hmm. end the conversation. Because she was young enough, or, or alive, when there were still people that had had a few issues with the Indians, and maybe they're, you know, maybe the Prairie Indians, who knows what Indians they had troubles with, but she just kind of kept her head down and and went to work, just like, I don't know, in in my way of of looking at it, in the same way that the. Italians that came here that were discriminated against, the Irish that were discriminated against, the Polish that were discriminated, the Norwegians, the Swedes, everybody that came here for a better life, whatever their level of discrimination was, she figured out, or her family did, that it didn't pay to be, you know. And the funniest part of the whole deal, during the prohibition, Grandpa Gibson was a bootlegger. (laughs) Now, it was against the law to sell a drink of whiskey, any alcohol, to an Indian. But to get by, just like a lot of other people, he went to making liquor, and then he buried it in the garden under the watermelon plants. So when he knew where the liquor was, and then every Friday afternoon, sheriff would come out and and say, "All right, you got to cut me in on not put you you know not not arrest you for making it, but cut me in on the deal. I get part of the take." Or I'm putting you in jail. <laughs> Grandpa'd go to jail. Great grandpa would go to jail every Friday afternoon. They let him out Sunday afternoon. So my dad and my aunt and everybody else in the family were the bootleggers. They had to take the whiskey to town to sell it. So again, hypocrisy of the first degree. Couldn't sell a drink to an Indian. He's a bootlegger. Won't share with the sheriff. Won't cut the sheriff in on it on his proceeds. And so they put him in jail every Friday afternoon, let him out every Sunday. Wow!
0: (laughs) So, uh, and not all of us have that colorful of a history that we can share. That that's as good as it gets, right there. (laughs) Well,
1: well, and what about Uncle Charlie? They wouldn't let him get on the ferry to go across the Columbia River, and this was before they had all the dams, so it got pretty low in places. And I, the legend is, I don't know if it happened. That one winter, they make him go to the back of the line. It's a dirty, cold son of a gun. He had his freight wagon. And so he went around the corner on the Columbia River and crossed it on the ice. And whooped and hollered all the way. You know, when he, I don't know how deep it was in that eddy, but he, he got across. Because they made him always wait, see. And then Grandma Pearl... According to the legend, family legend, Grandpa traded a horse for her. <laughs> So And when they get an argument, when I was a little kid, and there are a few profanities that would be used, too. No, you know, Grandpa would say, now, Pearl, that was a dang good horse I traded for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, whatever happened over the years, I have no idea. And uh, so, anyhow, oh well. But I'm underserved. It says it right there on my USDA uh, fill out papers at the Farm Service Agency. Underserved. You're, don't you forget that there, you know, because we won one time we were down there in that uh, deal of MGM. Yep, I uh, had cousins down there all the time.
0: You know? Yeah, I'm telling you, we need to pursue this. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's factual or not, we can use it to make a point.
1: Wait a minute. When did facts and figures <laughs> mean anything to these people? <laughs> I mean, what, let me see. Uh, what the, what, uh, Elizabeth Warren, they won one gazillionth in a, <laughs> of Indian, uh, and, and nobody challenged her on that. Uh, just it goes on and on. Uh, the Pinocchios that Mr. Biden gets are uh, legendary. Mm-hmm. Uh plagiarism and, and and pre prevarication since uh, he began his political career.
0: Prevarication? You know, What's that word?
1: That's when you your mom takes you in the bathroom and washes your mouth out with soap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I knew all about that. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. one. I... <laughs> Call
1: lying in my house. I don't know, but maybe maybe not anymore. It's prevarication. <laughs> Yeah,
0: it's, uh, everybody it, thinks it's they got to be all uppity all the time. Just tell it like it is. That's what I say.
1: What is it? Plausible?
0: Deniability. Plausible deniability. Yeah.
1: And if nobody asks you anything and refuses to look at the material, it's no different than the BLM guy cherry-picking what it says in the procedure. It says right on the second page, historically, Red Hills. And Spring Valley was the sheep-use areas. Well, the part that they're trying to kick me out of, 95% of the Red Hills are in that unit. And most of it drains mm. into Spring Valley. Hey,
0: Hank, i I, I got to pay attention neogen shining a light on your genetic future a lot of great new information on my blog about that loosetails.blogspot.com neogen.com to get more details about submitting your dna and i forwarded hank information on that we'll be back with more roll out after this welcome back trent loose alongside hank vogler Uh, Okay, we're going to talk about you uh, discharging water into Spring Valley in a moment. That's where you started before the break. Secondly, did you get the email about the opportunity to use Neogen for testing your sheep?
1: Yes, and and I preliminarily looked it over. I haven't mm -hmm. had time to act on it because, uh, you know, there's two units that I... I'm pretty sure of in the federal government. One is anything to do with the environment. They, that just is, is so emboldened by the Democrats for so many years right. that nobody will touch it. Nobody not before, will a hot stove. Hey,
0: not before 1971. Democrats had nothing to do with the EPA before 1971.
1: Absolutely. And, and who was that? Richard Nixon trying to placate favor with the Democrats so they'd leave him alone yeah over watergate exactly he did a lot of silly things uh, took away took away poison for coyotes uh, put the wild horse deal in play all these things but the when you say the environment or the wild horses same thing oh they're so pretty they're so pretty <laughs> well yeah okay but what what about the contractual arrangements that you made with people since 1936 All of a sudden, their families are not so pretty. Their educational opportunities are not so pretty. And the other department that is absolutely kryptonite, Department of Labor. Now, you may not be aware of this. And I've just been told anecdotally, possibly, there's legislation in Colorado right now that after eight hours, a sheep herder gets paid time and a half. Well, that legislation, if passed, means that uh, it will cost about, oh, three-quarters of a million dollars to have a sheep herder. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to take them to town twice a week. And all these other provisions, because, you know, they came up here from another country for a better life. They run away at will. I had six of them leave. Uh, just walked off or working in some lumber processing plant mill or whatever over in Spanish fork utah uh it' et, et, et cetera no problem oh well uh, we'll pick them up if they murder somebody oh good that's nice thanks how about murdering me how about destroying and need more sheep that's okay no problem but it's just okay. nobody
0: like. cares about that well,
1: it, no Colorado so i called up i called up mr big and I said mr big I sold the farm. I got my bedroll. I'm going to go herd sheep for you. Uh, I just want the Colorado rules and regulations. And uh, it says I can go to town. You have to take me to town twice a week. So uh, once a week I want to go to Reno see my sister, <laughs> and then once a week I want to go to Vegas to, to see my wife. So how's how about that? I mean, are are we being kind of on the goofy side here? Yeah.
0: Well, you know what. And, the paying the sheep herder too much money in Colorado is the least of Colorado's agricultural and food production problems. Yeah.
1: I mean, but what, what, where does it end? We have mm-hmm. right now in Nevada, talk about hypocrisy. There is a runaway sheep herder that sued two people from Nevada and partly in California <laughs> over wages or whatever. They settled with this guy. Mm-hmm. Well, the lawyers are, wow, this is easy. So now they have a class action suit against every sheep outfit in the state of Nevada, which I've been doing depositions or been going to do some more this week, and they're suing them for back wages, all these things, you know, staying in the sheep camp twenty four seven, all this stuff, and we have to defend ourselves. I'm into that deal; it costs about eight hundred dollars a month to to say yeah, I'll be there. And that's about how long the conversations are with the lawyer. And the other people are being sued. Same reason. And this guy's an illegal. He jumped his contract. The, he went back to Peru. Peru won't let him come back to the United States. But the ambulance chasers still are after us. And we're having to spend money to defend ourselves with something that we never did. And the people that are, def- are from New York, they, of course, they have an associate out here that they're running it through. They don't even know what they're talking about. The questions they ask you, you go, "Are you kidding me?" They, they they know nothing about the sheep industry, nothing about Nevada, nothing about anything that has to do with livestock. But they smell money because this guy, poor pitiful guy, ran away, broke his contract, did basically went illegal. They get him back to Peru, and now from Peru, he's suing for all this money. Mis- no, he's
0: still in he's still in Peru.
1: That's the last I heard he was. We're trying to get the suit dropped. They're suing Western Range, which is all the people who hire through that H-2A program. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it just goes on and on and on. But it's labor. It's this poor, pitiful guy that came up here and was abused. Just It's just pitiful the way they're treated. Baloney every year. Water, camps everything's inspected, they, they and all they do is they come out to justify the inspector's job, they go over everything with a fine-tooth comb, and then they they write you a report, which is always derogatory, always negative, all the things that you need to do, and you have X amount of days to step up and get it done, or they will cancel your ability to bring in H2A herders. <laughs> um.
0: Can I just point out that that uh, let's see here what happened to that? All right, that uh, six minute and twenty two second dissertation was because I asked if you got the information about testing your sheep for genomics. <laughs> well, I avoided it, dang it,
1: because I haven't had time to delve into it. So, so I mean, what? After what, 2018, 15 years, whatever it's been, the light just came on loose. Yeah. I mean, for goodness sakes, if I can't answer the question, I guarantee you the topic changes.
0: Uh, well, I just wanted to, I just want to tell you a little bit of what I learned. And it, ah. it, it should be cause for you and I to get a fix on this. So there is a good database of merinos from Australia. Because, see, what people don't understand when they're testing their own genomics or you're testing your animals or your pet, all they do is get a, a data line, a baseline of what people from Norway, their genomics typically look like. And then they put your genomics compared to all the genomics available and when you're 97% like somebody from Norway, well, well you're Norwegian, right? So if you don't have a baseline, it doesn't matter. So you're going to find this interesting, and this is why I wanted to come back to it, even though you haven't looked into it. They've not pursued the wool genomics through Neogen in the United States because people do not typically have Australian genetics in the sheep business in the U.S. So there was no good database to compare to. You, on the other hand... You're like the shining star. You should be jumping up and down and saying, hey, I got the potential database right here because I've been doing this longer than anybody else. The other part that's really interesting about this is guess what sheep breed, and I'm just kind of generalizing in every breeds, but what sheep breed led the the charge to get a baseline for genomic data in the U.S.? I'll bet you can't guess in the top four. Doonies. No.
1: Marinos. no. Probably okay. suffix. no. Uh, <laughs> I quit. <laughs> that, those. You got to name one first. more.
0: I said the top four, so you got to name at least one more. Rambouillet, no. Ramble-A. Okay, prove my point. Finally, eighteen years, I finally proved my point with Hank Vogler. <laughs> Katahdens, Katahdens, a hair breed, a hair sheep breed. No, no, no oh, wool well, even involved, yeah. but. I find it interesting that you have one breed that completely ignores one of the benefits of owning sheep. I'm not being negative to Katahdin's DARPers or anything else because I know you can't find somebody to share them anyway. But there is a value in wool, people, and we continue to overlook that.
1: Well, and it's it goes back to the old crap about, yeah, my granddad was in the Second World War and is in the South Pacific, and boy, he, he will <laughs> need to go in there. Well, yeah, because... <laughs> <laughs> they were feeding them old dyers. Nobody was feeding their good breeding sheep. They were, there was money to be made for selling the wool, selling the pelts, mm-hmm. everything. So all anybody got to eat. And then on the Navy ship, I'm sure that those, some of those cooks were probably not up there with emerald or, 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 you know, we, some Wolfgang puck. You think? So it wasn't cooked right. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. Uh,
0: so, and, and hey. So they won't eat it. That's the new way if this Oregon ridiculous ballot initiative passes. You know, Colorado's got a horrendous one, which will eliminate animal agriculture. As I was referring to earlier. It's called Proposition 16. We will defeat it. We'll get the message out. I'm a little less optimistic about Oregon, and Oregon's ballot initiative says that you cannot eat an animal until it dies a natural death. How's that going to work?
1: Uh it's called roadkill, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, there'll be an increase of people with police scanners. Oh, somebody run over a cow out there by Crane, Oregon. get the car, mother. Get the knife. We're having steak tonight. I mean, what?
0: People just need to get hungry. That's the moral of the story. They're too well fed.
1: Yeah, that's what Grandpa always said. You know, until people go hungry, there'll never be anybody that wakes up. It's been too yeah. easy too long. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, Bob. again, it, there's two counties. There's two, Multnomah County, I think, and, and, and maybe Lincoln or Lane County in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, Portland area, that's it. The rest of the no, state is as conservative as Nebraska, but mm-hmm. there are
0: no people. So, <laughs> well, that that is the that's the we should just get a bumper sticker. It says "Too easy, too long." That's that summarizes yeah. it. That's just the moral of the story. And the people who lived through the yeah. Great Depression and lived beyond that, they saw where we were headed, where we are headed,
1: and. The H-2A program is so convoluted at this point in time. It's not just poor old, miserable, need more sheep company having troubles. It's the whole process. Yeah. You pay somebody to stay home and not work and pay them enough money. They can do math, too. Why, the, the Mexican folks, the Guatemalans can do math. They have a much better opportunity in the United States. And, yeah, they don't start out as the vice president of Microsoft. They have to start out. Out like every other race that ever come to this country, you wind up working in the you know uh the people that left Oklahoma and Kansas during the the depression because of the drought they went and picked vegetables and and worked in the fields of California
0: on, all right and on and on. phones are ringing that means that we got to go we'll take a break we've got one segment left Lone Creek cattle Company the phone is ringing for them too. If you'd like to be a part of the Branded Beef program that adds value to the system and pays you, the producer, properly, there's no $900 profit margin on Lone Creek. We spread it throughout the system. Get details of your involvement in the certified Piedmontese at com. Back with the last segment of Roll Route on a foggy Monday after this. Welcome back. Roll well, route, Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler. Was that an h worker looking for a place to work?
1: No, that was Grayson Ualdi, whose mm. family came here in the 1890s, worked for Adams and McGill, uh, and uh, eventually became prominent citizens and ran sheep until this year, 2021, over a hundred and some years. And finally, with all the complications, couldn't get his men, couldn't get anything done, H-2A program, the embassies in Peru, yada, 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 sold his sheep. Hmm. And it, was like a, it was like a funeral.
0: Yeah. It was I, like
1: a funeral.
0: I remember that announcement was, what, three weeks ago or something? Yep. How's was he doing?
1: Uh, well, well,
0: you don't know. You didn't take his call because you told him it was more important <laughs> to be on the radio.
1: Well... He'll wait. <laughs> I'll call him back in a few minutes.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, when the, um, Arise USA crew went to Battle Mountain on Saturday, they stayed in Elko Friday night. And I told, there's only four in this crew. And I told them, I said, no matter what you do, you, you, but these guys, none of them had ever heard of a Basque. They had no idea what the Basque culture was, that there were Basque people or anything. I said, all right, you got to get a little taste of the West. Go to the Star and eat,
1: Scotty you go. Yeah.
0: Oh, did is that play? Alf- did that play well for me? Yes, it did. They thought that was the most amazing meal they'd ever had.
1: Okay, now let's step back. Okay, the Star is probably uh, the most famous restaurant in the in, in the entire state.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, there's
1: others, you know, the Santa Fe and some of those, but the Star is the Star. If you go to Elko, you've got to go to the Star. Right. The guy that runs it is named Scotty Igoya. His father, Alfonso, came here to herd sheep mm-hmm. and saved penny pence, did everything he could, completed his citizenship, completed the process, and went on and uh, worked, saved. Now his son, a second generation Basque. In fact, Alfonso came here, Igoya came here with. Augustine Andoiza, who was my mentor in the sheep business in eastern Oregon. So it is a very small, small community. But there's lots of bass that came here to herd sheep. And some of them got all the way to being lawyers. Some of them got all the way to being secretary of state in Idaho, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. They're from the Pyrenees Mountains, which straddles between France and Spain. And uh, there's seven provinces. And they are... Uh, not any more than anybody else. Perfect. Some of them didn't do well. Others did, but they came here with the same incentive in mind, a better life because of the European oligarchies, everything in Europe. This was the new world. This was the new chance. They went to the Basque, went to Argentina. They went to South America. They went to North America. They went lots of places. Uh, And some of them were successful and some of them weren't, just like some Irish, some Italian, some people from all over the world became successful because they had a chance here. And now we want to take that away and have Mother Teak government dole everything out and give you no responsibility on your own, but tell you what to do on a daily basis. And and some bureaucrat Mm -hmm. who has no idea what you're going through, has no skin in the game has the upper hand on you. Have a nice day.
0: (laughs) Scotty uh, is a good guy. That's the moral of the story right there. We lost the celebration of work ethic drive and a determined to make a difference. Because that's everything you just described. People who came here to make a difference for their families, which ultimately made a difference for people living here. And and the fact yes. that we've decimated the H2A program, and you can't—I I mean, this hit me in the face—and and now you're seeing it day in and day out. When I was in Cortez, Colorado, two two weeks ago, that sh- that country should have sheep running on every hill, cleaning up the the grubs—or not the grubs, but the cellulose material, the flora, and the fauna—and there's no sheep there because it's it it's too cumbersome to employ people to go out there and tend to sheep. And the ecosystem well, is paying the price.
1: Yep. And, and fire is now one of the largest industries in the West. And when you yell fire, everybody goes, Oh my God. So yep. they'll come out here. I, I found out this is a crazy one and, and I think it's true. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm, maybe it's a little conspiratorial, but when they get these fires out here in the middle of, on the other side of nowhere in Nevada, they send the crews out here to train on how to fight fire in case they have a fire near a town, right? Near a a populated area. So they wind up taking mother nature away from mother nature and mother nature. Do not mess with mother nature. The more you put out the fires, the more trash that builds up. And so when you do get the perfect storm, you get a fire you can't put out. So that's what happens. and 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 you know, just think about before federal control. Nobody put out fires. Nobody. They it, it just uh, my cousins. You know, if they were running the steel that time there. Mm-hmm. You know, well, well they didn't put out the fires. So you had a completely different mosaic of grasses and forbs and all kinds of things. The wildlife, whatever was here at the time, whether it be buffalo or whatever. We're based not on these completely desert jungles of pinyon and juniper trees. So you send the people out here to train them, and 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 waste money. Leave it alone. It'll go out in October or November when the when the rains come. Mm-hmm. You know, move the livestock. There's no houses. There's no nothing. I asked this one guy, who's filling up the, his water truck, and I said, so why are you, you guys jumping on this fire? Oh there's a, there's a power line. I gotta protect that power line. I go, Well, oh, it's fifteen miles away. Why oh, don't make any difference. That's what they told us. You gotta protect that, that power line. It's a modern, you know, come on no fences, no nothing, and they're out there beating on this fire, just wasting money. I mean, it's just insane. When they should be using every opportunity every month that they can, setting small fires eliminating the the heavy dense light fuels Mm -hmm. and then bringing in livestock to graze that off and it will come back i can show you where i cut the timber sold the wood off of it and the grass basis the the basis and the wildlife i just come back from north creek yesterday afternoon and in my little tiny North Creek field, there's thousands of acres of Bureau of Land Management land all the way around it. Guess where? Nineteen head elk were in my field. Yeah. And the grass the grass component, the forbs, the 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 variety of things is huge.
0: Well that that's where you and I and everybody else in our our community has missed the boat because you just walked through that. What was the wildlife population like you know, pre-Lewis and Clark, compared to today. Everybody thinks that that was the pristine time. I guarantee you, Uh across the board, Uh the wildlife populations are the healthiest today they've been since 1776.
1: 1826, Peter Skeen Ogden came down the Humboldt River in his journals. The only thing they could find to eat were beavers Mm -hmm. in the creeks. And that's what they were. They were looking for beaver anyhow. But the beaver... They said their idea was they made them sick because they had nothing but wild parsnips to eat. The people that came from the east to the west to go to the gold fields, Nevada was the hardest to get apart across because there was nothing here. Uh, the, the reveille in Austin, Nevada, the newspaper printed in the 18, whatever, eighties that somebody saw a deer and it was newsworthy saw a deer wow uh when jedediah smith crossed southern nevada he said that there was no wildlife anywhere there was they saw an antelope once in a while but they were wild as the wind and they came upon a a, a indian lady with a couple three kids cooking and she offered him to you know to feed them opened up the pot and she was cooking scorpions Mm-hmm. steptoe valley was a great place to hunt rats according to those to jedediah Smith when he came through here i mean it's just all this is just propaganda and just like, like joe biden telling us that people are not staying home because of the money that they're getting to stay home it's all because of uh just they, they're scared to go out because of the covid bull you could do math even if you're, I mean, if you're whacking up cocaine, you can do the math of how much baby powder you can put in the cocaine to where you still get a profit incentive. So I, I mean, whatever. This is, you know, if somebody told the truth, nobody's going to believe it because nobody has told the truth for so long that they they look at it as as heresy.
0: Well, and again, I just continue to say what frustrates me most, and that is that. People continually know and tell us mainstream media lies to them, but they never turn it off. You have to turn it off.
1: I like the hunting channels. They're not, you know, there's always a happy ending. People are high-fiving and hugging each other.
0: (laughs) Okay. You know, it's perfect example. That's a perfect example. How many times do you go hunting where you're not high-fiving and have a success story? That never happens on a hunting show, but it happens in real life.
1: Yeah. So uh, again, uh, listening to the, to the, to the propaganda, which all it is peddling, uh, their issues. It's, it's embarrassing when you can, when you can breathe and chew gum at the same time Mm
0: -hmm. and,
1: and, and figure out what's male bovine fecal matter and what isn't.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. One minute. (laughs) All right, Hank. Uh, we kind of moved completely away from the trespass, but I got a feeling we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that.
1: I hope so. I I want to follow through protocol because now I got so many days to answer them. They've got so many days to answer me. I can appeal. I can get it to hopefully the land board or through to a solicitor general, whatever. But if they throw me out of this deal, just think about this. It's 1936. Those permits have traded hands a thousand times. And now all of a sudden, because of the bully pulpit, of the powerful, we're not going to accept the fact that I bought the permit three years prior to these other people, because mm-hmm. we're scared of them. That, I don't believe, is the American way. You look at uh, just like a water ride. First in time, first in right.
0: That'll That'll it. We have successfully journeyed down the road, connecting rural and urban America. As always, my thanks to Hank Vogler. Both of us remind you that all roads do lead to a rollout. route. Yeah, While well, I have just a half a minute, I would like to ask a question. Why is it that you can post a video about how using neogen and then identifying genomics within certain lines that you really want to reproduce, and, you know, it kind of goes over pretty good, whether it's a chicken, a sheep, a pig, or a cow, it doesn't matter. You post a video about how you can find the origins of the breed of your pet And it goes crazy. Why is it people care more about their pets than their food animals? I don't know. Either one, you can get done. Neogen.com.